Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we showcased one of my favorite recent episodes of Thoughts and Coffee. I was joined by writer and former managing editor of Payload Space, Ryan Duffy, to talk all about an industry that's truly out of this world, space logistics. It's a really exciting sector, already estimated to be worth nearly $20 billion by 2040. But it's not something most of us really know too much about. So Ryan explained some terminology for us, answered audience questions, and we discussed some recent headlines, including NASA's plans to start the first Gateway Logistics mission later this year. It was so exciting to get a taste of the future of logistics, and I hope you enjoyed it. But remember that if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 335. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Onboard new EDI trading partners in days, not months, with Orderful. Orderful provides a modern EDI platform that is displacing legacy on-premise and managed service solutions. Stop building point-to-point solutions. If you are a retailer, manufacturer, logistics provider, or technology company, you can build a single integration to Orderful's API, and Orderful will validate translate and communicate transactions to all of your trading partners. Orderful customers are onboarding new trading partners 80% faster, resulting in increased revenue and lower overall EDI costs. To modernize your EDI infrastructure, visit Orderful, O-R-D-E-R-F-U-L.com and speak to an EDI expert today. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm excited to welcome a client success leader for one of Inc.'s best workplaces in America to our Woman in Supply Chain series. Do you have any idea who it might be? Well, I will let you know after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, what feature of a supply chain software is the most important to you? Now, we had 237 votes 37% of you said easy to use user interface. And then we had a tie for second place at 30% each. Collaboration and visibility or AI-powered data insights. So that was pretty incredible to see what the results were. And then we had a bunch of you that gave us your opinions in the comments. Peter says, the one guarantee is that there will at some point be some disruption to your supply chain. So assuming you do the basics to a high standard, an alerts framework is my top pick, allowing you to understand the effects of any disruption and take proactive mitigation action. Tom says the most important aspect of any software GUI screen is to be intuitive or at least step-by-step transaction based. Unfortunately, most developers have good intentions, but they don't take into account others, don't often know or understand their mindset. Wow, that's a great point. And he goes 
on even further if you want to go and check it out on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page. Noah says, I'd say the collaboration and visibility part. If that's not there, then I'm not sure how useful the software will be. Well, thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. Remember, we ask you a question every single Wednesday morning across our Instagram and our LinkedIn. So go participate because you could be featured on an upcoming episode. Now, back to today's episode and the wonderfully passionate woman in supply chain I have with me today is Liz Decker. Liz has a decade of broad experience across supply chain and is currently bringing her expertise and passion to her role as Director of Client Success at North Point Logistics. Today, Liz will be talking to us about her career so far, her passion for social causes, the importance of putting a focus on client success, and why she's proud to say that she's a jack of all trades when it comes to supply chain. Plus, she'll be sharing her experiences as a woman in supply chain, as well as her words of advice for all of the women following in her footsteps. Now, we couldn't have this series without our sponsor. This Woman in Supply Chain feature was sponsored by SAP. Women fuel the success of some of the world's most successful businesses, yet barriers still exist. SAP is committed to supporting and elevating a new generation of women to profoundly lead and impact global supply chains and are proud to support the Women in Supply Chain series and its efforts. Supply chains need to evolve from low cost and optimized to risk-resilient and sustainable, and SAP can help. SAP Digital Supply Chain Solutions connect the entire process, design, planning, manufacturing, logistics, maintenance, and service, connecting your supply chains to the rest of your business and all your contextual data, supporting your efforts in alleviating risk in your supply chains. SAP is the market leader in enterprise application software and, for the last 50 years, has been helping companies to run better. Find out more at sap.com forward slash SCM. So welcome to the show, Liz. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to have you here. I mean, we only just met, I think about six months ago, and it was because I walked up to you and I was like, I love your pink shirt. And we ended up having drinks and getting to know each other. And I honestly feel like we've known each other for a lot longer than six months. And I cannot wait for the community to hear more about your journey and what you are doing in supply chain. So let's start at the beginning. What did your early years look like? You have a degree in communication. So how did you end up in supply chain? Yeah, thank you again for having me. This is an honor. I, you know, am a Midwest girl. I'm the youngest of three girls. So I learned quickly I needed to advocate for myself because mm-hmm. if I didn't, right, my louder sisters would would be above me. Um, I w- went to the University of Kansas, Rock Chalk, and I chose communications because I truly didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to be a nurse or a doctor or a pharmacist and be on this direct career path. Right. Uh, I started in sales for a construction and home improvement company. <laughs> oh, talk about male-dominated business, right? So here I am, 22, fresh out of college, trying to sell them, right, on construction and home improvement. I cannot do a DIY project. And here I am trying to sell <laughs> these people who do it professionally. I like, knew there was a reason why I loved you. I can't do me. them either. 
(laughs) And so, you know, that really introduced me to every type of person, right? Learning to adapt to who you're talking to. I worked with associate managers, managers, vice presidents, district managers, and everyone had a different need and want and goal, even though they worked for the same company. So, um, you know, like most of you who you interview, I fell into the supply chain. Uh, I was approached uh, through some of my networking by someone who said, hey, I, I think you'd be really good at this. Did you say right? why? <laughs> what <laughs> yes. was it about me? <laughs> well, and then it's like, what Google what supply chain really? <laughs> at least you had Google. I don't even think I had Google. Yeah. <laughs> but, but truly, you, you think to yourself like, okay, this sounds good, but I had all these ideas of, you know, what the supply chain meant. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, I was totally wrong. Totally wrong. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that Google set you straight (laughs) and that you decided to stay in supply chain. Yeah, when I say I didn't have Google, I didn't have Google. I had (laughs) conversations at the the dinner table. (laughs) Um, So you call yourself a bit of a jack of all trades or maybe a Jill of all trades in supply chain, which I really like because I often advise, especially younger people in supply chain, to jump around, right? Try new things and really explore the industry to find out what it is that brings them joy. You know, what do they enjoy? What are they good at? What are they not good at? So was that a conscious decision for you to sort of experiment? And what has it taught you so far? Uh, The first answer is no, Uh, it was not conscious. You know, I started this in in about 2021. So COVID was hitting hard. Um, The needs were so different. Really, I was having conversations with clients that were, I don't care what it takes. I need my product and I need it now. Right. And so that really threw me into, okay, if it's ocean freight, if it's air, drayage, truckload, we're going to get a sprinter van. Really, it was, here is the task, right? A very little information, <laughs> go do it. And it was insane, right? Hectic. Uh, I remember crying one night because I didn't know how to get these things done. Mm-hmm. There were 141 ships outside of LA, but I needed mine at the front, right? Right. And so it forced me to to be creative, to learn the different aspects of our business. Um, and I've loved it, right? And And the great thing about supply chain is all of those things are just a small fraction of really what the supply chain is, mm-hmm. right? Warehousing, manufacturing overseas, like, nope. I was focused on one small thing. So uh, it was wild, but I learned so much because of that that time period. Uh, my favorite early memory of, of getting in the industry, and it's so funny now, I, I'm going to have to share the slide with you. So our CEO pulled me in a, in a meeting and he said, okay, tell me how you think your stuff gets to your house from Amazon. You know, like, what do you think happens? <laughs> so I kind of like stumbled upon my words. I wasn't sure. He showed me a slide and it had three icons, right? The warehouse, to another warehouse, to your door, right? And he said, this is how we think things get here. Okay, the next slide. (laughs) 55 icons, customs, documentation, air, transloads, sprinter vans, you know, right. It blew my mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like you never think when you're a consumer and ordering off Amazon, 
wow, think about all of the people, all of the steps, all of the processes Mm -hmm. that go into this. Uh, And that was that day I'll never forget. I love that. And I think you need to share that slide with us. I think I'm going to use it. But one of the things that you just mentioned was that there was a point in time where you went home and cried because (laughs) you weren't entirely sure. And the reason why I want to pinpoint on this, okay, is because it's very important for us as women in business, whatever industry that you're in, we don't go for the jobs like the men do. Right. The men will go when they've got, you know, 70 to 80% of the skill set. Yes. And we will only go when we have a hundred. You are but it's in those moments that you go for the opportunities with the 70 to 80. Maybe it's 50. Yes. And you believe in yourself that you know that you can actually figure it out, but you also have those moments of going home and crying and being like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. But the next day, getting up and doing one thing after another to get it done. And I want to commend you on that. I want to highlight that for everybody else because I think it's so important that we hang on to those moments and understand we're not alone. For sure. And especially in in such an uncertain time in the industry, right? I I think, uh, you, you know, and we'll talk about this, but my past hasn't been supply chain. So when I walk into a room and someone says, oh, I've been doing this for 35 years. I will argue that's not necessarily a good thing today, right? (laughs) You know, because how things happened 35 years ago is probably not the most efficient way to do it today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, my boss would say, I'd I'd come and say, hey, I don't know how to fix this, right? I, I can't get past this. And he'd say, here's the problem. And he'd say, well, what do you think we should do? Well, I didn't come to you because I don't know the answer, right? Like, and he's, you come back to me with a solution. Yeah. Um, And as frustrating as that was, Mm -hmm. I do it to my team right now, but you have to get to a solution, right? There's no right answer. Um, So yeah, it was, you know, it's hard because you don't know, but you're right. Now I look back on that mm-hmm. and that's a constant reminder. Okay. Today, if I have something that makes me go get upset tonight, yeah. tomorrow, what will I feel like? Yeah. And it's the moments that really push you to yes. really better understand yourself, what you're capable of, and mm-hmm. also the self-belief, right? It drives that belief in ourselves to be able to do more. So talk to us about your current role because you're director of client success, which I love <laughs> because yeah. you're actually tasked with also launching that team. Talk to us about the opportunity, how it came about, what mm-hmm. the launch uh, journey has been for you, and what does a day in your life look like right yeah. now? I mean, tell us from the smoothies to like, let me go to bed. <laughs> the Starbucks, you know, that I, I spill How many? in the car. Three. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. So, so I think, you know, the interesting thing is that there was no playbook, right? Of, mm-hmm. hey, this is what client success looks like in a logistics industry. Right. In an industry that has traditionally been transactional. Right. Okay. But I mean, it's so sorry to interrupt you, but it's so weird because this whole industry is based on relationship. A hundred percent. But right. I think we had different names, right? Yes. And no. Right. I think in the past it was like, okay, yeah, we like you, but it was so easy to like, keep it at arm's length. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. COVID happened. You couldn't come see me. 
right? And and we have to get back to that and, and yeah. back to that relationship. Mm-hmm. Get out there and go play golf. Go take them to drinks. Go to dinner. Go to conferences. I'm standing, you know, sitting in this room because I was wearing a hot pink shirt at a conference. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the one thing I will say is people took a chance on me, right? Mm-hmm. They did take a chance on me. I I didn't have the industry experience. Um, And so my entire past was around client success. We never called it that. Um, And so I took a chance on them too. It was an industry I didn't know. Uh, It was starting a department on a new team, right? Hiring from the ground up, providing my own playbook. Um, And it's really, it's turned out. I I am so thankful, right, um, for the opportunity that I was provided. And, you know, the hard thing about when I came in is is where the industry was, mm-hmm. right? There was so much uncertainty with COVID. There was so much yeah. uh, prices for an import were insane. We couldn't get our exports in the middle of the country out to the coast. Um, it was a good time for me to come in because I was thrown into the fire um, I, I truly feel like I have worked with people in my entire career to understand them, to have them trust me more. And I want what's best for them because that ultimately at the end of the day, like how I feel good. Right. Yeah. Uh, and creating those relationships. So, well, and it's kind of set you up to what you're doing right now, right? <laughs> all of those interactions, all of the people yes. that you've met and you've learned from, and you know, maybe you've done right, maybe you've done wrong. I yeah. mean, we're we're all not perfect, but it's led you up until this point and being able to really put together a team around the success of your clients. What does that look like? What does it look like to them? What do we want that to look like? And helping to build that team. And so I'm sure that that has been difficult because we've also been talking about labor shortages and all sorts of stuff. So I'm sure it's posed a lot of challenges. What were some of those challenges? And where are you at now? Like, what does it look like now? And and what's your day to day? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the biggest challenge, and I'm sure people ask you this, or when you ask people is like, Hey, what's going to happen in six months? What, what is our supply chain going to look like? What can you tell me? What rates are going to be in July? Because I have a huge project, right? I I can't predict that. I would have won the lottery. You know, different things would have happened ball. in my life, right? <laughs> so you know, it also becomes my team is not an operational escalation. My team uh, is not there to be so involved in the day to day, but it's hey, if we have, you know, refrigerated exports and and we planning it out, where are we going to go? Are you going to be warehoused in the Midwest? Mm -hmm. You know, more of a turnkey solution, right? And strategy, right? It sounds like a lot of strategy. A hundred percent, especially, you know, on the import side, most people can't take 15 inbounds a day, Mm. right? Okay, how how do we go about that to yeah. strategize? I can't control the rail, right? But we can be strategic about that. And over the years, it's been, uh, you know, with with the labor shortage, that's mm-hmm. one of the most common questions we're asked uh, is what's going on. You know, I I had a call this morning, and my team and and our role is to advise. Here's what we're hearing. Here's what we're seeing. Here's some data we can provide you. Uh, I think one of the most valuable things that my team provides is a quarterly business review. Hey, here's what we did, you know, the last three months. 
Here's what's going on in our industry. Mm -hmm. And then let's talk about the future. How do we prepare ourselves to be successful? And talk about a competitive advantage. You wouldn't believe it's like, I always say, this is a conversational. Do not let me talk the whole time. And people want to talk about their business. And I, our team needs to know how their business runs in order to help them be successful. Right. Is it time? Is it transit time? Is it money? Do we need, you know, is it a fragile shipment? All of these things go into it. Uh, And we need to know that to help them. I think I've just coined a new term. What do you think about supply chain therapists? I kind of feel like I am. (laughs) Can I put that on my... (laughs) I'm writing that one down. (laughs) No, I'm trademarking it after this. No, but (laughs) seriously though, like, yes, I completely agree with you. Um, But at the same time, you're really doing, um, you're listening. Yes. Right? You're listening for... um, key challenges, key words that people are using, and Mm -hmm. you're really understanding the heartbeat Mm -hmm. of their supply chains, right? What is it that helps their teams on a day-to-day basis? What is it that helps their leadership team on a daily basis? What is it that they have to then translate over to their C-suite to make sure that supply chain is um, being considered? right? Yes. As a seat at the table, that yes. there's an understanding as to why things are happening and what could potentially happen. And that's also where technology comes in, right? You need to have the right data to be able to provide those predictions yes. and things like that. But it's not an exact science. This is yeah. a people business. Yes. And I think you need a couch in your office. Uh, you're right. <laughs> Get a couch. You know, it, it's funny too, you talk about the different levels is we try and make an emphasis on having multiple contacts at at clients. And the reason why is that someone who is in the Mm day-to-day, right, has a totally different experience than or and expectations than the salesperson and the VP of finance or the CFO and the CEO, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I was in a meeting and the CEO said, why was our spend so high in November? And someone in operations said, because we had uh, the most shipments we've ever had. That's why the spend was high, right? So it is, you're right. It is a relationship. Data is great and, and we can talk about it, but there has to be some sort of context and conversation around it. Well, and you have to arm them with the right information to go back yes. internally to really understand, you know, well, why did we have that many shipments in that particular month? Is it yes. because they decided to put out some sales in a particular month? Right. Is it because we didn't plan properly or the manufacturer was down for eight weeks? Yes. Like there's so many different things that we just yes. don't consider. And going back to those slides that you were talking about, right? Yes. <laughs> like yep. the chaos of oh. how many people are involved in one particular shipment. And one month you have a bunch of shipments. It could be a bunch and a variety of different reasons for that. Yes. But arming them, making their their um, job easier mm-hmm. externally, internally. And it's really a partnership. And I've been yes. talking about in logistics, especially how important you know, partnerships really are. Now you talk about not having a crystal ball, but then you also talk about being able to give some predictions. So what are your predictions for logistics over the next few years? You know, you just mentioned it's a people industry. I think that as technology gets better, Mm -hmm. as people adopt technology, because I think we are lagging on on that, Mm -hmm. uh, 
our our scope will change and look different. And I think we'll have more trends to look at. But I think at the end of the day, no matter how much technology we have, like someone has to be there, right? Technology can't provide an insight. Uh, Technology can't provide the managed services, right? Um, I think that we'll move more into like a fragmented market where, you know, the forwarding is back and, uh, you know, it's interesting being an MVOCC and freight forwarder, right? To see both sides. Um, and so I think we go through a cycle, right? Yeah. I, I think that it's this constant cycle and we'll always be in it. And we're not quite sure, you know, which quarter of that cycle we're on. Um, but I think it's just really important to to know your clients, mm-hmm. know what the expectations are, understand your business. What are you guys good at? Um you know, and and again, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I hope that everything resolves with, you know, labor unions and, and rate stabilization. Um, but it's really a wait and see, but be prepared. Yeah. And I think like we just never know what disruption is really around the corner. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, you can't predict anything like that. But what you can control is investing in partnerships, investing in relationships, investing in technology. So when that does happen, you can ride the wave and actually be better off than you were, you know, maybe even before the crisis or the disruption. I was actually talking about this the other day on Thoughts and Coffee, um, where they were saying that in a time of crisis is when you should be investing the most in technology, marketing, and partnerships with your vendors, right? And that's what's going to help you get to the other side of it and help you be better off at the end of it too. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, hey, you were really helpful during this chaotic time. We want to stick it out with you. Or hey, you know, like during that time, you let us, right? And so now people will come and say, hey, we have this business idea you know, we're thinking about, you know, moving production uh, is a big one that that people are are discussing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, not as much Asia-based or I should say China-based. And so, you know, hey, what are our options there? Being mm-hmm. proactive, right, on that as opposed to, okay, last minute, we got to figure this out. Absolutely. Now, I want to switch the conversation to culture because North Point Logistics is one of Inc.'s best workplaces in America, which is really an awesome achievement. And so congratulations to you and the team. What makes North Point so special and what can other organizations maybe learn from what you guys are doing? The number one thing is the people that work here. Uh, When I came to North Point Logistics, I always thought of this word culture, right? Mm -hmm. Being thrown out way too much. Way too much. (laughs) Or being thrown on a wall, painted on a wall to look nice, because I think people think that that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I truly, and this is so cheesy, I truly, (laughs) when I came here, I, I realized, right? What a good culture is. Um, it starts with the people, right? We talk about putting the right people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. Um, it is crucial when you interview someone, right, to make sure they're not just competent enough to do the job or they don't, you know, I love yeah. that we don't only hire people with supply chain experience, mm-hmm. um, but that they would be a right fit. Are they going to challenge people? Are they going to teach them something that they wouldn't have known? Even myself, like, are you going to teach me something? Are you going to be respectful? You know? Mm-hmm. And so 
Culture is something that you don't just check a box and it's there. You have to make a conscious effort every single day to to make it, you know, and be intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one of the hard things is that it's so easy for culture to slip away, right? Um, Being vulnerable and being transparent has been such an important thing for me here. Uh, I, I've never been a part of an organization who is transparent uh, and kind of says like, here's what's going on in the business. Yeah. Right. Here's what's important. Let's all talk about it. Yeah. Please raise your hand if you have a problem. Mm-hmm. That al- when you're vulnerable, right, it allows other people to say, Hey, I think something's wrong. And if that person didn't say anything, we could have gone on for for months making the same mistake. And, you know, it is truly, I always say when I interview, it's so much pressure because I want to make sure I bring the best people in to work alongside who's here. And I think you have to remember that, right? We have frustrating days. This is a supply chain, right? Things go wrong. Um, but you can still laugh, right? Because we have hard workers, yeah, right? We're all behind each other, and it's not a competition, yeah, right. we're We're all in it together. So it it's been great, yeah, and you have to have the right people for that, too. And I think vulnerability goes both ways. If 100%. you're not able to be vulnerable on both sides and take accountability. So I think accountability is a really big, important part of that piece as well, yes. because it's for one thing for one side to be vulnerable. It's the okay. other for, for them to be able to take responsibility for whatever that looks like, whether it's right or wrong and not, not getting caught up in right or wrong. And, yes. you know, you shouldn't be feeling this way and like all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I think it, it takes a community. It takes a bit of yeah. a village. And that's kind of what a workplace really is all about. Like it's all yes. embracing, it's inclusive. And yet there's some nuances that really make a culture special. And one of the other things that I know you're committed to is volunteering and charity work, um, especially back in college for you. And I think that North Point also partners with some organizations to support local charities. Why is that so important to you personally? And why should more organizations be supporting social causes? I mean, I'm a little biased because I have a nonprofit that I would really like some corporate sponsorships for. (laughs) You know, for me personally, it was, I was raised, it was not a, hey, you get a kudos because the family went and volunteered. It was, this is our normal life right? It, it was part of it. Uh, and then when I went to college and, and I joined a sorority, that was also, right, a, a requirement, but mm. it brings people together. Uh, you know, we talk about advocating yourself for yourself as women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think here, I think of it as here is my chance to advocate for someone who maybe can't for themselves yeah. or, or has some obstacles that I don't have. Uh, you know, where our office is located in Kansas City, there are kids who go home on the weekend and don't know if they're going to have a meal that weekend. And I drive in and out of the community every day. Right. Uh, We got together and went to Harvesters and and did uh, packed backpacks, right? And it was for the community that we work in. And I feel like, how do I, you know, how do I come in to be a part of this and and not give back? So I 
I think volunteering and giving back comes in all sorts of forms, right? It doesn't have to be financially. Uh, I even take it like, don't throw anything away, right? Donate it. Yeah. Can you donate it? Somebody Mm -hmm. who doesn't have the same opportunities or is going through something like you never know. Yeah. It's so true. So we used to do tree planting as a volunteer opportunity. We also did Habitat for Humanity. And what a lot of companies don't realize is that Habitat for Humanity have restores and they actually take product from an organization. Like if you have leftover merch or something that's out of date or whatever, they'll take all of that and they'll sell it in their store and they'll make money to be able to uh, provide housing to other people. So you're right. There's other ways and Habitat for Humanity, your whole team could go and help build part of a house. Yes. Like that was some of the amazing experiences that we had when we were doing that. And we've chosen a different way for Let's Talk Supply Chain because I've got a bunch of freelancers. Yeah. At Harvest 107, like food is very important. Yes. You know, water.org. We support water.org. Yes. And it's and we also do Kiva for entrepreneurship. So there's a variety of different ways to be able to do that. And I think organizations and even individuals can get really involved on a variety of different levels, but it also takes people like you and it takes leaders to be able to say, Hey, you know what? This is what we're going to do. And these are the organizations that we're going to support. This is why if you have one, if you have something going on in your life, come to me, let me know what it is and we'll see what we can do and like incorporate it into sort of that impact that we're making. And it truly, you know, it, it doesn't take a ton from you to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. it is, I think, such, it fills my glass, right? Like you feel, okay, I need to pay it forward, right? right? It's just something. So I agree. I think being the first to say, hey, let's go do this. Let's, yeah. you know, go volunteer. Like it. They, they, they get a little bit scared if they've never done it before. And oh, like, yeah. I don't know how to hit a hammer. I mean, look at the two of us. I mean, yeah. DIY, yeah. no. Oh, the best one. We did a, a food drive and I was relatively new to the organization. Our, our CEO was out there direct in traffic, right? Yes. I, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. 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 I did Habitat for Humanity. I mean, I don't know how that house is still standing, but I drive by it all the time and I didn't, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> so um, what drives you? What inspires you? I'm sure this is shocking, but I thrive being in a group of people in a relationship. Uh, learning more about people, learning, you know, what drives them, how do I help them, what makes, you know, them tick. And so um, I think that's why I have been in, right, this client experience, client success, how do I help you? Let's talk, right? I'm a, a phone person. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always played sports, and been, you know, part of a team, but also had an individual responsibility. And I love that, right? I'm accountable. I should say I'm responsible for myself. I'm an accountable for the team. I love that. I love yeah. that. So what experiences have you had or what has your experience been like as a woman in supply chain? Have you had some mentors or sponsors to help you along the way? Have you encountered anything where you're like, eh, I really don't like what's happening here? You know, how yeah. do I navigate this situation? I think sometimes uh, I was shocked at how frustrating things can be, right? I, I think, oh, it just should be this way. This is the right thing. And I then we all they're think like, that. <laughs> that's not how it, I'm like, well, why not? That doesn't, you know, like, uh-huh. that's not how it should be. 
I think, you know, it's interesting as a young girl, you, I watched movies, right. And there was always a successful woman who was in advertising or marketing and lived in New York and London. And, you know, really, if you want to travel the world, learn about different cultures, understand the economics of the world, supply chain is it, right? Mm-hmm. Not advertising, not marketing. Um, I think that as far, I, I never had a, a mentor or sponsor, but social media is a great thing, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that you probably didn't know who I was six months ago, and I knew who you were and looked up to you, right? There are a number of women in the industry that that I feel the same about who don't know who I am. Right. Um, the the podcast, the blogs, different articles written. There are so many resources mm-hmm. for our industry. And, you know, coming in as a female uh, who didn't have the 35 years, sometimes I felt I shouldn't be in this room. Right. right. I felt out of place. Uh, I think I told you that I wouldn't wear a hot pink shirt because I didn't want to draw the attention to it. And so you kind of break down those barriers um, and, you know, seeing other women in the supply chain like yourself, uh, like I was at a client and it was a full team of women and I called it out, right? How cool is this? That helps, Mm -hmm. right? So it's really getting the awareness out and, and, and knocking down barriers for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So would that be the advice that you would give other women or maybe even leaders in supply chain? I think the advice I would give to someone who, you know, is either looking or unsure is if you even Google women in supply chain, if you look at, you know, the conference that we were at, mm-hmm. We all people were interactive and wanted to answer questions and then wanted to go hang out after and go to dinner and have drinks. There is research that you can do, right? Social media is an unbelievable thing for this. Like put yourself out there, Um, you know, advocate for yourself, like Mm -hmm. figure out, okay, where do I want to go? As far as, you know, women um, and, and better supporting women, I think what we just talked about. It's okay to be vulnerable both ways. It's okay to fail, right? Everyone is going to fail in this industry and and you learn from it and and get better. Um, I think that there are so many different opportunities. You know, women are, women can change this Mm -hmm. revenue team uh, in the supply chain. I think that there's this bad idea of of a revenue, a sales team, right? A, A salesman, they provide, women provide such a different approach mm-hmm. to a sales team, yeah. right? Uh, and well, and just, just look what you've done with client success, yeah. right? And, I mean, you're part of the sales yes, absolutely, behind the company, yeah. but you're doing it in a different way. And you're establishing yes. those relationships. You're using your resources. You're using yes. your strengths to be able to bring another perspective, another aspect of the revenue generation that's linked to sales. And that, yes. that is what makes inclusion. That's what makes yes. diversity so important to an organization is to really bring all of that together. Now, last question. I mean, you and I could talk forever. But last <laughs> I question, what's the future hold for Liz? 
You know, I am excited for for more challenges. I think the supply chain presents them every day. Uh, I look forward to to more people on the team. I look forward to to helping people get to where they want to be in their career. Um, you know, I think that I will always be in a position where I want to be a part of a team uh, and and you know help grow that, grow the business, and see clients succeed. Right, yeah. having those skills. So love that. You know yeah. what else is in your future? Oh no. The woman in supply chain forum in Atlanta in November where we get to hang out again. Yes. I just (laughs) got that invite. You know, and what's really cool is I had a a girl I knew in college reach out and say, I didn't know you were in supply chain. I saw you were at this conference and I said, you better come. Yeah. That is awesome. I love that. Honestly, you and I could talk about this stuff all day. (laughs) And I'm so excited that we were able to feature you on the woman in supply chain Theories. I mean, we have really explored so many different things in this conversation about what it means to be a woman in supply chain, what it means to be client success, what it means to take a risk and really, you know, lean into it, but also be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I've had those moments where I didn't know what I was going to do, but then I figured it out. And that's what these conversations are all about. And so I appreciate you for being brave and having the courage and trusting me to come on this show to tell your story. And I'm super excited to see what you do next because you're one talented woman, that's for (laughs) sure. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. Plus, if you have a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had the solution on our show. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com in the search bar, put in your keyword and all of that content will come up. Our podcast episodes dive deep into who they are, who's their ideal client to make sure they're the right partner for you before you even get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week when I'll be joined by Dan from Esker, a cloud, a global cloud platform for finance and customer service professionals that automates the cash conversion cycle. Esker is really built on an admirable foundation. They talk a lot about collaboration, trust, engagement. So I'm really looking forward to asking them about their vision and how it has helped them or keep them in business for nearly 40 years. They have a lot of great insights to share for the world of digital tech. So make sure you do not miss that one. And if you enjoy the show, you can support us in a few ways. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, 
Instagram. You can also follow us on TikTok. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Or if you head to the homepage, you can actually get that supply chain dictionary for free. And remember, we have a brand new initiative out there called the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Now, we are bringing the community closer together in pure learning groups. And so you want to head over to the Secret Society of Supply Chain page. Go and check it out on the Let's Talk Supply Chain social media, especially the LinkedIn page. And you want to take the quiz. The quiz is going to decide which group is right for you. And right now, the wait list is open. Now, we had over 100 people sign up in 24 hours when we launched this a few weeks ago. So definitely go and take the quiz, um, sign up for our wait list, and then we will be in touch when we are going to be uh, launching it. Now, we've got a woman in supply chain group. We've got a group specifically for marketing professionals in supply chain. And then we've also got a group with exclusive content from influencers globally in supply chain that you're not going to want to miss. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.